welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. Are you ready to jump into the Word of God? I have a short word for you that's burning in me. I didn't think I was going to get a chance to preach this um, during this series because of the way the preaching schedule goes, but I'm glad I get a chance to do it here tonight. Our theme is True North, and I want to talk to you, keep talking to you about our True North as a church. And I feel like uh, that's been clear to Carolyn and I and many on our team for a long time, but I know that through the journey it can be lost because church is a little bit like jumping on a bus. Um, Some people jump on a bus and they forget to check the sign on the front of where it's going and end up in the wrong place. Has anyone ever done that? Let me come on, let's be honest. Let me see you all, yeah. Church is like that. It's like jumping on a bus, but any of us that are mindful, before we jump on the bus, we we find out where it's going and we get on the bus of where it's going. It would be not very smart today to jump on a bus that's going to Fremantle and then all of a sudden recognise, oh, I don't want to go to Fremantle and just go up there and get in the driver's ear and say, I don't want to go to Fremantle, I want to go to Armidale and and try and get him to go to Armidale. What's he going to say to you? Jump off this bus, catch the other one to Armidale. Unfortunately, some people jump on churches and want to change the direction of the church. Oh, that was such a good message for a conference. Uh, (laughs) And so I think it's just really important for us to keep reminding people of where we're going as a church. And our true north is to keep carrying the message of the gospel of salvation to this world. And we don't get sick of it. We don't get tired of it. We don't get bored of it. And... It's really important to understand what that gospel of salvation looks like. So I want to have a look at it here in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. If you rush over the verse, you can miss the mode of operation that Jesus functioned in and by virtue of the fact that we are called to do what he did and even greater, we must realise that this is our mode of operation. As a church, there is a threefold responsibility that we must keep carrying that God has given us and that is to preach, to teach and to heal. I know it sounds too simple, but I'm sorry, I believe my job as a communicator of the Gospel is to simplify what God has said and revealed, not complicate it. I realise that it can gain more attention if I can complicate it and make it feel so difficult that only I know it and you need to come to me to understand it, but it's not the way that I see Jesus doing what He did. Are you with me? We're here to preach and to preach is to proclaim, to preach is to bring people into a place of freedom by the proclamation of the Gospel. You can be free from spiritual darkness. You can be free from financial lack. You can be free from physical dis-ease. And Jesus is the one who sets people free. And as a proclaimer of the Gospel, when you preach, people can get healed in their seats before anyone lays hands on them, anyone prays for them, because the Word of God is powerful. It is able to divide things. It's able to shift things. People can get healed. I was on the altar this morning praying for someone that I've prayed for maybe three or four times before. And to be honest, as I went to them, I went, oh, I've got to keep working up faith to get into this zone for this issue. Is it okay to be completely open with you? And as I stood there, something changed. The gift of faith got on me 
I knew exactly what organ this person was there believing God for healing in. They're on a dialysis machine for goodness sake. It's not hard when you know that in the natural. But when I got there and stood in front, the gift of faith got on me. I went to pray and the Lord said, I'm just going to give her a new one. I went, God, give her a new one. And then next thing, boom, and she's all like gone. And she said to me, I just got healed. And I just went, yeah, I know. And I can't wait for the report to come back to show that. And I would like to say that that happens every time I stand in front of somebody, but it doesn't because that happens as the Holy Spirit wills. You can't just make it happen. If I could turn that tap on, I'm telling you, I'd turn that tap on and never turn it off. Do you know what I'm saying? But it's a zone that God has opened up and allowed and I'm so thankful for it. I went to another spot and it was the same thing, like this gift of faith got on. I wish it could get on me for my own things, but it doesn't work like that. And it was there. When the Gospel is preached, God is obligated to show up and back up His Word on our behalf. We are here to preach and it's not just for the pulpit person, it's not just for me and those on staff or those that get on roster, but it's for you also. You are a preacher of the Gospel. You say, no, I don't know how to do it. Yes, you do. Here it is, are you ready? Uh, If you've got a voice recorder on your phone, uh, now's a good time to click Ping, yes, record. You can record this next 60 seconds because it'll help me. Let me give you the entire message of the Bible once again. And if your eyes begin to roll back, that means you've heard it from me at least six times. I've only got to get your eyes to roll back once more and you've got to unlock for the rest of your life. So get over it. Here's the message of the, God, of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation in four short statements. Um, the Google, Dr. Google and Information Google and Encyclopedia Google tells me that if you sit down in a committed manner and read this book from cover to cover, it'll take you about 84 hours. So what's your excuse for not reading it from cover to cover? But here's the whole message in four statements. Number one, God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. First statement. Second statement, man is marred by a state called sin and as a result, cut off from God's love and God's plan. Third statement, Jesus Christ is God's exclusive solution for sin. There's no other solution for sin. Not effort, not will, not sacrifice. Jesus Christ is God's exclusive solution for sin. Sin is the problem, Jesus is the answer. That was the third statement. Fourth statement, each one of us must personally receive Jesus into our lives. When that happens, the sin problem is removed. We get to experience God's love and know His plan for our life. That's the Gospel. Everything else is an overcomplicated expression of some form of religion. Let me remind you, you haven't been called to Christianity or churchianity. You've been called to the Gospel. We are carriers of that message. So I just said you're a preacher of the Gospel. Your responsibility as a follower of Christ 
at a base level is to understand those four coordinates. They're called the four spiritual laws. If you Google it, you'll find other data to support it. There's an app you used to be able to get that you can put on your phone. But you need to be in a position as a follower of Christ where you can articulate that in some form of confidence to people that you come in contact with or are in relationship with. Why do you believe what you believe? Because of those four key statements. It's called the four corners of the Gospel, if you need to know. Are you doing all right? Because Jesus paid the penalty of sins, of our sins, breaking the power of sin so that we could stop the practice of sin and experience, receive the promises of salvation. Can I say it to you one more time? Jesus paid the penalty of of our sins, which broke the power of sin over my life so that I could stop the practice of sin and enter into the promises of salvation, which is incredible. A lot of people aren't happy with the fact that it's as simple as that, but it is as simple as that. It takes, it's up to me to respond to the love of God. It's up to me to respond to the gospel. But the reality is once you respond, the power is broken and change begins. We proclaim freedom from spiritual darkness. We're not in spiritual darkness, you know. We have seen the light. Ha, ha, ha. Everyone wants to make fun of us, but actually we've seen the light. Spiritual darkness has been broken off our life. Financial lack as a spirit, as an experience has been broken off our life. That's why we'll teach on biblical economics that I can sow a seed and reap a harvest financially and God will break that thing off my life. And as I engage in seed time and harvest principles, I can grow my financial crop. Physical sickness, we can be free from physical sickness and it happens supernaturally. It happens naturally and it happens through growth of knowledge. I think the ultimate plan of God is for us all to live in divine health, not just experience divine healing. You heard me testify about a a lump three years and it was completely wiped out a few weeks ago. And what do you know, the week after I testified, it returned. Full flame. And I just went, oh, devil, you're such a dummy. I know how to hold on to my healing. So I just went to work claiming the Word of God. But I did some stuff in the natural as well because I've got knowledge. Are you with me? And so freedom, here's an interesting thing. I have noticed over the last 25 years of ministry that you can preach the same message and teach the same things to some people, yet week after week, month after month, year after year, you will find them on the altar being prayed for. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Whilst others, they'll be on the altar, they'll get healed, and the next time they get sick, I'll hear a message from them sometime after saying, oh, Pastor, I got sick as this and this went on, but I just went to the Word of God and I found the healing Scriptures and I confessed them over my life and I laid hand on myself and bless God, nobody prayed for me. I got my healing in God. And that Right there I go, yeah, baby, that's what we want. We want to empower people at that level so that they can live the victorious life. 
Now you're not a second class citizen or Christian if you can't do that, but I want to encourage you that that is available for every single one of us. We're a Bible-believing, disciple-making. There's another way of saying disciple-making, people empowering. We want you to grab a hold of the Word for yourself as carriers of the grace of God. I think I'm up to point two, which is teach truth. We are called to proclaim the gospel, but also to teach truth. And uh, in Genesis chapter 26, it's interesting that God says that the promise of Abraham is going to come on Isaac's, uh, yeah, the promise of Abraham is going to be passed over to Isaac. And he says he's doing that because his father listened to him and obeyed all of his requirements, commands, decrees and instructions. Can I say to all of us here tonight as we carry this message of the gospel, which just sounds like an easy journey, grace-filled, goodness of God, that we understand the reality behind it, that there is this thing that God's trying to put into our life as a culture, that we know the requirements of God, to whom much is given, much is required, We understand the commands of God. Listen, we are in Jesus and He does love us the way we are, but there's still commands that comes from the Word of God to us today as New Testament believers. They're not suggestions. Yeah, I thought that would go down well. There are some commands. There are things that God has commanded us to do. And that is why we need to teach. We need to teach truth. The truth is there are things that God requires of us. There are things that He commands us to do. He commands us to love each other. He doesn't say, you know what, if you're just kind of sick and tired of loving that bunch of people down there at C3 Rockingham, go try the next place. He doesn't say that. He says, love your brothers and sisters. Love. Gosh, that didn't go down too well at all. Decrees also and instructions. It's who we are. Every single person in this room tonight is called to proclaim the Gospel. Okay, let me say this. Every single person that's a passionate follower of Christ is called to proclaim the Gospel. One-on-one, in some way, some of us to groups, some of us to crowds, but we're here to proclaim the Gospel. We're all here, all passionate followers of Christ are called to teach truth. And you're teaching, I was just looking at this incredible clip put together of Francia's journey with becoming a doctor. And uh, I was looking at that and think, there's a classic example of Jason Druska called to preach the gospel through visual media and creativity. And you're here tonight and you're thinking, oh, I couldn't preach the gospel. I bet you could put a video, there's some of you here tonight could put a video together like that, that is actually preaching a gospel of the kingdom principle into other people's lives. There are three ways that people learn. Visually, audibly. Uh, you know, I just love the people that can just hear something and learn from it. Um, they make me sick too, Pastor Chris, but anyway, I'm not allowed to talk about that. But the vision, there's others that you can hear it all day and you just don't get it. But if you see it visually, you go, oh, I get it. And then the third way that people learn is through what's called kinesthetics, which is basically on-the-job learning, learning on the job. I learn by doing it. And so I mentioned that, reminded you of that because, you know, you are here, you are called to teach, but you say, I'm not creative and I'm not really good at speaking to people. I wonder how that's going in your marriage. Uh, anyway, 
But I, I tell you what, if you can't do those two, I bet you're the, the great person that can get alongside somebody and teach them on the job. And oh my goodness, like never before, the church needs people that can just walk alongside somebody else and show them practically how to do life, show them practically how to pray, show them practically how to come to a connect group and actually integrate into the connect group and and do the discipleship journey. And then finally, we're not just called to preach and teach, we're also called to heal. I, I believe with all of my heart, like the Bible declares, that we are called to bring healing to humanity. And oh my goodness, there's a fair bit of healing needed. And I'm so thankful that healing doesn't just happen through the laying on of hands. I'm thankful that Hebrews declares that one of the six doctrines of Christ is the laying on of hands. Can I remind you, I need a prop. Daniel, could you be my prop? Just come and stand on the altar like you need something. Can I remind you? Yeah, just like I'm going to pray for you because you need to get healed, delivered of some wicked demon, I don't know, whatever. Spot on? (laughs) We're joking. Uh, Can I remind you that Hebrews 5, I think it is. No, Hebrews 6 verses 1 to 3. Uh, reveals the six doctrines of Christ and one of those doctrines is the laying on of hands and it literally means, like it does in the Great Commission, that when we, when, when Jesus said you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, that when I lay my natural hands on Daniel when he's in need, they go from natural to supernatural and he receives healing power into his life, not because I'm the holiest of holies, not because I'm some gifted person personally, but I'm simply a person who will step out under the obedience of the call of God and release the grace given to me through the healing power of God and he shall be healed. You say, well, is every single person you pray for get healed? They do in my mind. They do it by mind. Does it happen straight away? No. But that's why the Bible says they shall recover. Has anyone you prayed for, Claude, died? Yep. So what? People die all the time. Anyone want me to pray for them? <laughs> <laughs> You're not going anywhere. Got another 60 or 70 in you at least. But can can I remind you that we believe in the laying on of hands? It's not just for healing, it's for positioning, the imposition of hands for setting someone apart for ministry. Ordinations that we'll do at the end of the month will come by the laying on of hands. Can we not? become familiar with this thing, this is a sacred thing. Thanks, man. It's through the laying on of hands. It's through supernatural knowledge. I am carrying, I'm maintaining my healing now on the other side through the supernatural knowledge that God gave after I got my healing on the altar. 
It's through the laying on of hands. It's through supernatural knowledge. It's through healing comes through the renewal of the mind. You want to stop experiencing broken relationships. You want to stop experiencing financial ruin. You want to stop. You, you want to bring healing into relationships. You want to bring healing into your body. You want to bring healing into your financial world. You can do it through the renewing of the mind by the Word of God. Are you with me? Can I remind you that we are, as a church, we are sold out to being a gospel of salvation ministry. It's our true north. We don't want to get caught up in some niche market over here, teaching on this little thing here or that little thing here. We are called by God as a church to bring the gospel of salvation to as many people as possible. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.